grateful to our God. We couldn't wait until Thanksgiving got here. Everybody else is waiting on Christmas. But for the believer, this is our day. It's that day set aside to give God all the glory and the honor he deserves. Hug somebody and take a seat. I'm only going to be just a few minutes. Amen. I told Elder Johnson, you know the message is short when you can fold it up and put it in your pocket. It's short when you can put it in your pocket, Elder. <laughs> a word is a word. Amen. That's what I like about real life. Long word, short word, intermediate word. Y'all love the word around here. A word is good, ain't it, right? Come on, Reverend. <laughs> That's Reverend Lindsell right there, y'all. We thank God for the kings being back in town safe. Thank God he brought them home safely. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It is a prayer that expresses thanks to God. It's what Thanksgiving is. It is a prayer that expresses thanks to God. Literally, it is the act of giving thanks. That's what Thanksgiving is. It is a prayer expressing gratitude. It's that time in our prayer where we stop asking God for things. Where we stop telling him about what's going on in our world. And we just say, thank you. It's that time. It's that time when we just take a break from all the requests and from all of the reciting of the wrongs. And we just say, thank you. Thank you for what things are. That they are not what they once were. Thank you for what you said is going to be. Oh, God, I just want to say thank you. Mm. I just feel an unction of the Holy Ghost right now to stop and say, thank you. Thank you, God. It's not, it's not, it's not what I want it to be all the way yet, but God, I got to say thank you. That is not what it was a few days ago. Because a few days ago, we were believing you that we'd be here. And now we're here and we just say thank you. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that they are yes and amen. Thank you for the time you healed me. Thank you for the time you provided for me. Thank you for the time you delivered me. Thank you for the time that you did the fish and the loaves in my life. Anybody ever had a fish and the loaves miracle in your own life? When God took your little bit and multiplied that thing for months. I'm not talking about one meal. I'm talking about for months. How God can really make a way out of no way. God, I want to thank you that the old folks weren't wrong. When they said that you'd make a way out of no way. When they, they said that when I was a little boy, but I didn't understand. But God, I just want to say thank you. That now I understand that you can make a way out of no way. And you are a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So when I felt lonely, I wasn't really alone. God, I just want to say thank you. Do you know if we thought about everything that God has ever done, 90% of our prayer would be thank you. We wouldn't be able to get to the problems if we'd opened up with thank you. Thanksgiving is a public acknowledgement or celebration, watch this, of divine goodness. It's not private. 
is something you do in front of people. You don't wait until you get home to say thank you. You thank God in front of whoever is in the room. If you're just sitting there and you're just thinking about how good God's been, you ought to just let it go. Don't hold that thing in until you get to church. You might burst. Somebody go ahead and let it go right now. Somebody shout, thank you. Oh, God, I want to say thank you. You don't have to stop just because everybody else stopped. If you want to say it again, say it again. Thank you, God. Because you have been good to me. You remember back in the day, anybody remember, I, I grew up in church, spent my whole life in church, went to church. If, what, look, I had to be almost dead not to go to church, but I could have the sniffles and not go to school. Anybody remember those days like that? Sunday school, church, BTU, prayer meeting, come on, all of that. Yeah, and, and I, I, I learned something. I learned how to be grateful. Grateful. You say stuff like, you can't tell it. Like I can tell it, what the Lord, so if you tired of my noise, you need to understand my story. But Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving Day is a day appointed for giving thanks for divine goodness. So what happened is somebody decided that we need to have a specific day of the year where everybody thanks God for divine goodness. Not for the sale at Best Buy. Because Abraham Lincoln, when he instituted a day for Thanksgiving, he did it in the middle of the Civil War, and he said that it is a day when we should pray for the widows and the orphans and those who have been injured because of war. And he said that this is a time when the whole country, although split, should come together over one thing. Because even though we disagree on some stuff, there's one thing we got to come together on. And that's the fact that God has been good to us. So that's what this day is about. Later on, another president said that we should do it on the fourth, uh, uh, fourth instead of the last Thursday, the fourth Thursday, to spur economic growth. But its real intent wasn't focused on the economy. It was focused on God. Turn me up some, y'all. So let me take you to 2 Samuel for a minute. And I just want to just tell you a story. And when we're done with this story, we're going to worship God, and we're going to go home. 2 Samuel chapter 7, starting at verse 18. I'll read it through for you. This is called David's Thanksgiving to God. That's the title of it. It says, then King David went and sat, went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, and you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. 
for your word's sake, and according to your own heart, you have done all these great things to make your servant know them. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, nor is there any God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Let's make sense of the text. David has told the prophet Nathan that he desires to build a house for God. Nathan, upon hearing David's idea and the intent of his heart, knowing the intent of David's heart being towards his love for God, says, do what it is you said you're going to do. God is with you. Go ahead and build the house. Nathan leaves David, and on his way home, God stops him and says, no way. David is not the man to build my house. I want you to tell him that from the very beginning, I've never asked for a house. I've been satisfied and I've been good with living in the tents and in the tabernacles. That way, whenever Israel moved, I could move with them. Mm. And so he says, I want you to tell him that he's not going to be the one to do it, but I'm going to raise someone up after him. It'll be his son. And God said, I will be like his father. And when he messes up, he says, I'll chastise him. Oh, he says, I'll be the one who give government to him. I'll lead him and show him the way. And so he says to David, I love the way he says it to, to Nathan. He says, so Nathan, he said, go back and tell David all of what I told you, but tell him one more thing. He said, tell him this, that there will never fail to be someone from his bloodline, from his lineage to sit on the throne. And one day I'm going to establish Israel as a nation. He says they're going to do it so quick that it's going to look like one day they weren't a nation and the next day they are. And if y'all don't remember, I believe in 1948, and one day they weren't, and one day they were. Look at the fulfillment of God's word coming to pass. And what David didn't know and Nathan didn't know is that this one that was going to sit on the throne who was under the lineage of David forever and forever would be the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Christos, the anointed one and his anointing. David is hoping to do something for God, and God is telling him no. But God's saying, I got a better plan. So Nathan turns around and he goes back to David. And he tells David, David, God said you can't do it. But he's going to raise up a son for you. He's going to do it. Oh, yeah, David, one more thing. Out of your family line, there shall never, ever fail ever again to be one to sit on the throne. Your family will go on forever and ever and ever. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What a name to associate Jesus with. Since we all know that David was not a perfect man. But whenever you think of Jesus, you got to think of David. So David responds here. I'm going to read it from the New Kate, the NIV, so that it might be more easily understood. Verse 18 says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Number one, 
Who am I? Sovereign Lord. Number two, what is my family that you have brought me this far? Hear that. Listen to, listen to David. Who in the world am I and my kinfolk that you brought me this far? What have I done to deserve what you're doing for me? Boy, I feel Thanksgiving welling up in me right now. God, do you know my people? Do you know where I come from? Do you know the things we've done and the ways we've acted? We've not always been righteous. We've not always been holy. But God, you want to take somebody like me? What have I done to deserve all you've done for me? What have I done to deserve coming out of a house with eight people to a big old house that's too big for two? Come on here. What do I deserve? What do I deserve? How do I deserve getting off the bus and having a fine automobile? God, what have I done to make you be so good to me? Who am I? See, David, David had this point of view that there was nothing in the world that he did to deserve what God was doing for him. He's blown away at the fact that he could even be king. It's easier to be grateful when we let where we are blow our mind. <laughs> oh God. I know we don't like to think about it a lot, but some of us had some messes in our families. And look at what God has done. God, who am I? And who is my who is my family that you would bring me this far? Look at verse 19. And if this were not enough, in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant, and this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. You know what he said? God, you're doing all this for a man? You're doing all this for a human? Don't you know how we are? No, look, look. He said, if that's not enough, if it's not enough that you brought me this far, now you're promising to take us further. You, you brought us here, but now you're talking about taking my kids and taking them higher than I went. You, now you're making promises to somebody like me? Why are you promising me anything? Don't you know me? Do I need to explain to you who I am? You're doing this for me? Y'all got to catch this. I'm a human. I'm dust. I'm dirt. I think crazy. I act crazy. And yet you're going to do this? I don't always trust you. I don't always obey you. I don't always listen to you. I don't always serve you. But yet you want to do this? I still need delivering. I, I still need healing. I, I still need some change to fall off. I, I still need to get over some stuff. And yet, you want to do this for me? 
Even after I've blown some assignments, you gave me things to do, very simple things, and I blew the assignment, and yet you're telling me that you want to take somebody from my bloodline and put them on the throne forever? You're going to do that with my name? You're going to make it to whenever anybody thinks about the throne, they're going to remember me? I'm Jesse's boy. I'm Jesse's son. My grandmother is a Moabitess. She wasn't even from a godly tribe. Yet you're going to you. You're going to use me? No, no, no. My, all my family aren't righteous. All of my family didn't always serve you. I got some cousins and stuff back in Moab who ain't even thinking about you yet. I don't know about y'all, but I shifted gears a while ago. I been stopped talking about David. I stopped talking about David more, more than five minutes ago. Why, why would God bring us this far? Knowing us, knowing our propensities, knowing how we act, knowing how we think. Why would he do that? And then on top of bringing us here, say, I'm going to take your kids even further. Why would he even make promises? I'm going to do great things through you. I'm going to use you to touch the hearts of the nation. I know where you came from. I know what you've been through. I know how much hurt you had, but none of that matters. He says, I'm going to use you to reach the nations. Why would he do that? Why would he let us preach, Smitty? Why? Why would he let us preach? Me and you, we had conversations. And you knew me from back in the day a little bit. Why would he let me hold this? Anybody ever wonder, God, why you let me? Why you let me participate in what you're doing? Why, why in the world would you speak through me? It's like, it's like choosing a broken house to live in. It's, it's like choosing the worst house on the block to live in. And God said, I'm going to put my Holy Ghost not in, the one, not in the ones who did it all right. Not in the one who sat on the front row. Not in the one who recited every prayer. Not in that one. I'm going to find this joker from way over here in left field. I'm going to save him, fill him with the Holy Ghost. Any, anybody, anybody in here got that testimony that you were the last one? And you look around you and your kids are saved and and your grandkids love Jesus, and, and your great-grandkids love Jesus, and, and all you can say is, God! I don't even have to wrestle with my kids to get up to go to church. They up and dress before me. I got sons and daughters serving God. Hallelujah! Teenagers who love Jesus. Somebody ought to give God a shout. Got to go. Yeah, 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 I'm a human. Verse 20, look at what he say. This is the part I like. What more 
can David say to you? Now, why is he speaking in the third person? Not what more can I say to you? What more can David, watch this, he took his crown off right there. He's the king now, but he took his crown off. He said, hold up, God, for a minute. I am no longer King David. My name David. I don't want to speak to you now from the perspective of being king. I want to speak to you from the perspective of the guy who I was before I became king. Because, see, that's what keeps me humble. That servant thing, Elba. See, so he said, what, what, what? What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. God, you know me. See, everybody else knows King David. You know David. You know Bethlehem David. You don't know Judah. No, 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 no. These other folk know Judah David. You know Bethlehem back in the day, David. Come on. Y'all, come on, y'all know that there's a us that people know. There's a us that people know now. See, some people know Deacon Lindsay came, but there's, God said, I know Lindsay. Here's the mind-blowing thing. He knows us, and yet. Clay, we can't fool him. We can't disguise ourselves in front of him. We can't tell lies to him. He knows that there's still pockets of the old us in to save us, that we allow to rise up every now and then, and yet still he says, Clay, I choose you. I know exactly where you come from. I know exactly where you've been through. I know exactly how much pain you had. I know just, I know all of it. And guess what, Clay? I choose you. A lot of people died doing what we did. And we didn't get out of it because we were smarter. We didn't get out of it because we were more street savvy. It wasn't nothing but the grace of God. I've had people die around me for stuff I did too. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. You know me. You know me. He calls him sovereign. That means nothing gets past you. I think Elder Smith and Elder Johnson said that tonight at some point. Nothing gets past you. In your prayer tonight, you said nothing gets past God. Nothing, 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 nothing got past him. You know, oh, you know me. Here, this is what I love. I'm, I'm looking at it. You see that shepherd boy. You see, the shepherd boy, the one that my dad didn't even invite to the anointing service. The one who the big brother told him, go home. You just being nosy. You just come to see the war. That's who you see. 
you see the one who kept the sheep, who sat on the rocks while the sheep grazed and played the harp and sang songs unto you like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. Like that one I sang to you, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You, you see him, the worshiping David, who could play a harp and demons would run from King Saul. When God deals with us, he's not dealing with our position or our current status in life. He's dealing with the us that he saved. And when we approach God is the one that he redeemed, you can't help but be grateful. But whenever we approach him as who we are today, sometimes we forget how far we come from so so it's better to position ourselves back here so we can see how far he brought us so God whenever we pray we're going back to the beginning and we ain't coming to you as the one with the master's degree. We're not coming to you with, as the one who makes 60000 $70,000 a year. We're not coming to you with, as the one who got a three, four bedroom home with two nice cars in the yard. We're not coming to you as the one who knows all the scripture that we know now. But we're coming to you as the one who was lost in sin and you redeemed him with the blood of your son. And God, when we go back there, we can't help but be When you see me, you see the one who fell with Bathsheba and had a husband killed. That, see, you, you, you know me. But even when you gave me a spot in the kingdom, I messed up. You told me not to number those people, and I did it anyway. But you still want to, you still want to do this? I'm tripping over the fact that you brought me here. Now you're talking about extending it? Why would you do why would you do more for me? Yes, sir. Y'all y'all got it? David is tripping. His mind is completely blown. What he's basically saying is, God, I can't believe you're saying this to me. Look at what the last verse says. For the sake of your word, look at the revelation. And according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. You know what he said? God, you did this because you wanted to. I got it. I got it. Everything you've ever done for me, you did it because you wanted to. You didn't do it because I prayed properly, because I lived just right. You didn't do it because I serve at the local church. You didn't do it because I gave a certain amount of money. You didn't do it because I sang on the praise team or that I preached enough sermons. You did it 
because you want it to. Not only did you do it, you didn't have to tell me you were going to do more. You could have let me die without knowing. But you did everything you did in my life, and then you came and told me, oh, there's more. And you did that because you wanted to. Now, the, the, the topic of tonight's sermon, if we call it that, is all I can say is thank you. I can't really explain to you why God would choose somebody like me. I can't say I deserved it. You, all I can say is. Because everything you've ever done for me is a favor. Everything you've ever done in my life, you did it because you wanted to. I can't take any credit for it. I can't explain some action I did, Janae, that made it work. David said, all I can say is thank you. So he went to praising God. Verse 22, he said, how great you are, <laughs> sovereign Lord. There is none like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. You know what he said? God, now I see that what they told me true. I've been hearing it for years since I was a little lad. I was, I've been hearing that you're good, but now I know you're good. Thank you, God. Pam, because there's nothing, there's nothing like knowing for yourself. <laughs> you, can, you can't go off what grandma said. And great. I'm going to tell you, once you find out for yourself that God is good. We heard him say he's a doctor in the sick room, but when he, when he healed us, we say, oh, yeah, he's a lawyer in the courtroom. It wasn't until we got in trouble. Come on. He's a friend when you're friendless. A mother when you're motherless. A father when you're fatherless. See? David said, yeah, now, I heard, now all that stuff I heard. I sure enough know it's true. So now, God, from now on, when I think about you, when my mind runs on you, when I look at myself in the mirror, when I walk into my beautiful home, when I start my car up, when I sit behind the desk on my job, God, when I look up there and see those plaques that say degree, 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 when I look at my children and my grandchildren, when I stand up behind the sacred desk to preach your word, when I step up to a mic to sing a song, God, before I do any of it, I got to say. Can't walk into that house the same anymore. Can't start that car the same anymore. Can't put these clothes on the same anymore. Can't walk in this anointing the same anymore. Can't sing no songs, Portia, the same anymore. Because we realize none of this began with us. 
God did it in your life, in your life, in your life, and in your life because he wanted to. He just chose to place his blessing on you. And all we can say in response, come on, y'all know what to say. Thank you. 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 Come on, join me. Thank you. Come on, say it. Thank you. When you look over your own life, you look over your own life, and you look at all that God has done for you, you don't need a proclamation. You don't need a president to declare a day. It just comes out of you. I want to give you a few moments. I'm done preaching. It's y'all turn now. It's your turn to show some gratitude for all that God has done. And I'm not going to pull on you and I'm not going to lay out any fancy sayings. But I want you to just think about like David thought about how much God has done. How many ways he's made, how many blessings he's given, how many times he's been faithful, how many times we messed up and he forgave us over and over and over, how many miracles he's done, how many almost things we thought were impossible, God did it anyway. Come on, let's, tonight is the night of thanksgiving. Come on, yes, stand up if you want to. Get on your knees if you want to. Come to the altar if you want to. Come on, Elder, let's move this out of the way. Come on, Clay, let's move this out of the way. Come to the altar if you want to.